You're listening to the On the NBA Beat podcast, a show packed with nuanced perspectives on the league's most important stories. Portland has three timeouts left. The Lakers have two. And now, your hosts, Lauren Lee Chen and the twins, Aaron and Joshua Fisher. Hey everyone, it's Lauren Lee Chen, here as always with Aaron and Joshua, and we have another team interview for you. We're going to be talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves, whose young big three of Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, and Zach Levine are all averaging over 20 points per game and are all under 21 years old. We're joined today by none other than Patrick Fenelon. Patrick can almost always be found giving his great Wolves analysis on Twitter, but when he's not doing that, you'll likely find him giving his controversial views on what does or does not constitute a sandwich. For example, he thinks pizza is a sandwich. Hey Patrick, really great to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. The Minnesota Timberwolves came into this season with pretty high expectations billing from their young core, but they're off to a somewhat disappointing 2-5 and five start. That record's a little bit deceptive in that they've lost a lot of close games, and they're actually ninth in net rating right now. Are you worried at all about this start, or is that something you expect with a young team going through growing pains a little bit? Am I worried about the expectations for this season? Yes. Am I worried about them long-term? No. That's more or less how you boil it down. I think they should be four and three Pythagorean wins. Sounds right, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they basically, they blew, in their first two games, they blew two 17-point leads or something like that in the third quarter. Just, yeah, just ugly. And then that loss to the Nuggets was just... Oh, that was just gut-wrenching. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's really weird. As a Wolves fan, I'm used to the team finding new and innovative ways to lose. Now they're losing, like, all the same way. So I don't know if that's consistency or not. But <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of good things, you know, when you're watching them that they're, you know, they're doing really well. It's just, you know, none of these guys can legally rent a car. I mean, they're, they're not going to be consistent. So it just is what it is, and you just let it ride. Also, Rubio going down, uh, that really hurt. You know, that hurts their depth at point guard, and it just hurts their defense. It hurts. I mean, the team's just so much better when he's on the court. I'm glad you brought up the uh, third quarter issues that the team has had. If you just break down their net rating by quarter, they're the best team in the league in the first quarter. As you said, they're often getting off to these great starts, and then they're last in the league in the third quarter net rating at minus 35. It's not even particularly close and I mean it's still early and that's really influenced by some a couple really bad performances in that quarter uh, in a couple games but in your estimation why has that quarter the third quarter been so disastrous in particular it's just you know you wonder if it's a weird quirk of just youth you know thinking that they can sit back and you know, play prevent defense. And I mean, it's just a layup line really is what happens in that third quarter. I mean, just if you look at shot charts from it, from, uh, from at least three of of the games I've seen, it's just to see one guy is coming in there and just getting, just getting layups over and over and over again. And it's just bizarre. They just stop playing defense and, you know, then turnovers happen and (laughs) it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, 
I remember last year the Celtics were great out of third quarters, just consistently out of there. I'm not sure if it's a Tibbs thing. I don't know what it is, but it's really strange. Hope it goes away. Blowing 17-point leads multiple, you know, twice in the first two games, it's just, I don't even know how you do that. or how, I don't know how you'd be consistent at this. I'm sure it's not that abnormal, but I don't have a good explanation for it. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, people say that these 15, 20, 17, twice point leads, they're less safe than you'd expect in the NBA. So from time to time, time it happens. But twice in such a short period is a little bit worrying, but probably not too much to pay attention to. I guess it's still early. The other issue you brought up, the Wolves have been dealing with Ricky Rubio's injury, which has thrust Chris Dunn into the starting lineup. Do you notice and that? Tyus jo- yeah. And Tyus Jones, too. He's who's actually gotten more minutes than Dunn, which is... Yeah, that was that was part of my question, actually. Do you notice a drop-off when going from Rubio to Dunn with the starters and also giving a lot of Dunn's former minutes to Tyus Jones? Yeah, with Chris, you know, I've been actually really impressed with Tyus Jones considering what my expectations were for him this year, which were really, really, really low. I still think he's going to be a legit backup point guard in this league. He's just so good out of the pick and roll and just such a smart player. And I've, you know, he's from here. People, you know, people in basketball around here have watched him for years. We know what he, he's just not, his problem is really just size. He just gets knocked around a lot, but he'll get bigger and he'll become capable. I'm not, but um, Dunn, you know, I've been really impressed with him defensively. He'll hold his own, right? He's held his own right away. He just, doesn't know exactly what to do on the offensive end. There's an example from a preseason game where he just thought he could get, you know, lay it up like he was still in a Big East game and just a D-League rim protector came over and just swatted the damn thing away. It's a really steep learning curve for point guards. So what what you notice when Dunn's out on the court is their offense is is a lot based on trying to be scrappy on defense and then get a turnover and run the other way there. I think their pace is a lot faster with Dunn out there. I mean, I'm sure it is, but it's a drop off for sure though. It's much less controlled. Carl Anthony Towns has been amazing. The reigning rookie of the year, obviously he's been dominating in ways that you wouldn't really expect a second year, 20 year old big man to do. What do you think is the most surprising thing you've been seeing from him? And what does he still need to work on? Uh, I guess surprising is that, like, I don't know, he hasn't cured cancer, something like that. Um, he might. He's, he's perfect. <laughs> I mean, he's, <laughs> he's perfect. It's it's real, you know, you look at his skill set, and this is last year. By the end of last year, you looked at everything top to bottom, and, you know, there's some lapses on defense just because he's not that experienced yet. But, you know, we had KG yelling in his ear, so that got fixed pretty well um, by the end. And it's – uh he doesn't have any real weaknesses in his game. But I guess I've been impressed by, I mean, it's just everything has started to get better with him. His rebounding numbers are down, but that's not his fault. You know, that's largely sharing the court with, uh, you know, another center all the time. And more or less, like, you know, with Tibbs, you crash the, you crash the glass just constantly. You know, he just demands you do it. So it's been picked up other, in, you know, by other players, too. So I think he's averaging 22 and 8. It's hard to say, like, you know, what he's gotten better at. It, it's, it's slowly becoming everything. He's playing better with his within a team structure. He's not having to go to ISO to be the threat anymore. He can just be part of a team. I don't. It's hard to say exactly what's better because he was 
just so damn good at the end of last year, too. I mean, he's playing at the level I expected him to play at, which is insane. He's been <laughs> shooting more threes this year, and so far his, his percentage from there is way up. Do you think that trend's going to continue? Do you see him continually shooting more threes? Or is this kind of... Oh, he totally will. De- he will definitely take more threes. That was his quirk of Sam Mitchell's offense last year, where he said we didn't have shooters, but he made him shoot a lot of long twos, uh, <laughs> which makes no sense. And uh, yeah, he's averaging yeah forty three percent, forty three percent from three. Good lord. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The whole team. That's the number one three point shooting league team in the league, by the way, this year, right yeah. now. Uh, I was just about to ask you about Zach Levine. It seems like he's been improving his three-point shot every season. He's almost shooting 50% from there this year. Uh, Do you think he's a most improved player candidate? He's been amazing. Yeah, he probably is. He's playing better. Like He's playing defense where he's not constantly out of position this year pretty well. And so that, that alone is, you know, he just needs to be not a huge liability on defense because he's just such a flamethrower on offense. He's not going to shoot almost 50% from the three for the year, but it's going to be, it might be 43. I mean, it'll be Clay Thompson level. He's that good a shooter. He was doing, he was hitting him at a, at about that clip for the whole second half of last year. Like he, he's that good. He might get the award. I mean, I hate that award is such a weird award. I have no idea how to judge it. and So many variables. Like right, CJ I, McCollum that year where he just had no opportunities. And then the next year he's right, he didn't exactly. get that much better. He just no, got yeah, so many more opportunities. Because he wasn't, as good as, yeah, he wasn't as good as pre-Achilles injury Wes Matthews. And then, I mean, who was freaking amazing. Who was freaking great that year. And But yeah, um, and then suddenly he gets thrust in, gets lots of minutes. And he's... You know, and then he has time, and he finally gets time to gel within the within a team construct. Levine, if you know the strides he'll take this year are, believe it or not, largely going to be on the defensive end, and that's just by being in position and just not. I mean, he looks like a lost puppy half the time last year. It was really bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. I don't think he liked playing for Sam Mitchell. I don't think he. I don't think Sam Mitchell's defensive scheme really worked very well. Oh, it clearly didn't work very well. Um, well, Levine's definitely looking comfortable now. That's for sure. But he's yeah, he's comfortable on that. And, you know, he's you know he's not a good defender. And I don't think he he probably never will be. He just has to be competent and just he you know he's got length. He'll you know, he'll still always get smashed on screens because he's so because he's really skinny. But still, you know. It won't take that much just to make him, you know, a really big net plus. And he so far has been that. Another freak athlete, Andrew Wiggins, we haven't even really talked about him yet. He possibly the highest touted of all three coming into the NBA. He was supposed to be a game changer. Do you still see that for him? Or do you think he is better suited as a secondary type player behind Carl Anthony Towns? I, I mean... That's such a weird thing to say. I mean, I think, yeah, he pro- like he probably in terms of his mentality and just his charisma on a roster and in a locker room and being outspoken, he's kind of going to always be secondary to Towns. Towns is just Towns might be president of the United States, for God's sake. Like he's he's perfect. I mean, just if you ever hear him talk, he is Towns at a 4-0 in high school, 4-0 for his, you know, as a pre-med at Kentucky. He's continuing. I mean, he's perfect. Yeah, he's uh, magnetic. He just has that personality, charismatic. 
Yeah, yeah, and, he, and Wiggins is just by nature really shy, which I don't blame him for being so touted coming out of high school. He's just very guarded, and uh, but it's not just that. You know, Manny Ginobili on any other team would have been a superstar and considered as such, but you know he picked a, a different role in the Spurs. Obviously, they're not they're very different players. You know, Wiggins is not a playmaker at this point, and he's really at this point just a scorer and a solid uh, individual defender and. He's getting better as a team defender, but I guess I just I'm just not comfortable with with you know pegging like roles like that because he's you know Wiggins is going to be the lead scorer on this team in all likelihood regardless. <laughs> By the way, he's averaging sixty four percent from three point range right now. <laughs> I'm sure that's sustainable. Uh, yeah, yeah not, that's just crazy. An outside shooter, right? Do you know what they you know and he was well. What they did was they ended up hiring uh, his last name is Patton, and he was Chip England, the Spur, the Spurs shooting coach's protege for years, and that they hired him, and I, I think it's working because Jesus Christ, this team went from being atrocious at this to just hitting everything. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. I saw you said on Twitter that um, Zach Levine's three point percentage. You expect him to be near the top of the league by the yep, end yep. of the season. I know you don't you don't expect Wiggins obviously to no, uh, sustain Wiggins, that crazy number, but yeah, so you're really high on on Levine as a shooter, aren't you? I know you compared him to Clay Thompson earlier. That's he's, high praise. You, it's that pure a shot. It's really hard to overstate just how good of a shooter he is. It, it's yeah. I mean, when when he's missing, he doesn't have a conscience and it's bad and you have to stop him. <laughs> uh yeah, that's why we do this, because you follow the team and we don't get to watch them as much as you do. So that's really valuable to hear that first person account of his shot. Because I, mean, I, yeah. I think that around the league, a lot of people see him as an athlete who can shoot somewhat, but isn't that pure of a shooter necessarily. Right. And, you know, he'll never be a three and D guy because that implies D. But, um, man, like... Like if you dig back into his post um, All Star post All Star numbers last year, I, you'll ju- he was shooting off catch and shoots at the exact same clip as Clay Thompson for the whole did for that whole season. Like this isn't totally unprecedented going in. This is a continuation of what he did at the end of the All Star break. This seems legit. Right. Just also he was forced to play point guard going into you know starting at all this first under Flip because Flip realized that. You know, if well, hey, go in there and dribble left-handed if you have to. Just we need to lose, lose some games so we to tank. But <laughs> then uh, Sam Mitchell decided that, you know, despite Flip signing Andre Miller, he just was never going to play Andre Miller and play Levine at point guard, and it just was a disaster. Yeah. And, um, yeah. More broadly, though, just about their three-point shooting. So we mentioned Towns, Levine, and Wiggins. Those guys are lighting it up from out there. But as a team, they're leading the league right now in percentage, over 41%. Totally not sustainable. Sustain- <laughs> I was going to say not sustainable, but clearly they're a much improved perimeter shooting team. And the past five seasons, they were dreadful from out there. I'm curious, do you think that that their um, three-point attempts should increase because of their success rate? Or is their success rate so high because they're so discriminating with their shot selection. Uh, what are they in uh, three-point attempts in so the league? Oh, 26 okay. um, as of before Friday's game. 
So near the bottom in attempts, but number one in accuracy. Is that per game or per 36? Because they play a pretty slow pace. Per game. So that's a good point that it's drawn down by pace. But I mean, that's would you tips. like to see right? Would you like to see their attempts increase or they're making their threes at a high rate just don't change anything? I, I mean, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with their offense right now. There's just I mean, that's not the end of I mean, they're I think sixth in offensive rating, I wanna say. It depends on if you're checking basketball reference or NBA.com because they have they have to measure it differently, but uh, um, but yeah, like their offense isn't a problem. So do yeah, keep the I would keep it steady, I guess, at this point. By the way, NBA.com has them fourth in offensive rating as of That's, now at one hundred eight point three. Well, Again, I like that more, so let's go with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I would just stay the course is probably what I would do, just because. Um, What's really funny about their three-point shooters that are shooting well, uh, Nemanja Bielita and uh, Brandon Rush are both shooting like uh, 23% and 27% respectively. And those guys are, you know, actually good three-point shooters. So, and then you have Wiggins coming in and hitting 64% from from there, who's you know never hit above, what, 31% in his whole career. So I... We'll see where all this settles down, but I would keep I would just stay course until you have an idea of what actually is their baseline because this is clearly way above it. I mean, or else we'll monitor it. We didn't ask about defense yet. Their defense is improved, but it's still below average. I think according to to the metric that I looked at, uh, defensive rating. But Thibodeau was brought in obviously to overhaul the defense. Where do you see them on that end of the court? You know, they should be really good. <laughs> I mean, they, you know, long term, if they, you know, I'd like them to keep Ricky through his, throughout his contract because you're not going to get value back. But that's a whole other discussion. But um, even if it's done starting there, that's a really solid defender. So you have solid, really good defense at the point guard position. You have uh, and then you have Wiggins at the wing and you have Towns at, at center. And then Jang's a meh defender. He's really, he's good at blocking for the weak side and rebounds well and. But you know they they have the talent to actually be a good defensive team. They're just they're just young and inexperienced and weren't coached within a re, within a decent structure at any point. I mean, take a look at uh, Shabazz Muhammad and Gorgie Jang. They've had you know three coaches with yeah you know, uh, with three with three really different uh, plans to play defense. And I said you know. I say that because even though Flip and Sam sort of did had the same plan, I'm not sure if Mitchell ever kind of conveyed the idea of having a plan. And it was just, it was a disaster. Uh, but the, um, you know, it's just been in flux. And the, what you can tell, though, with Thibodeau is that he's got a long leash and they, there's actually definitely a system in place. And they're all, he's supposedly just such a good teacher and will stop practice if you're out of position and break down. It's just a fundamental of just where you have to be and how, and how to be there. And, you know, there's that is the way that you get that you turn teams into good defenses. It doesn't ha- happen overnight. You just have to get better at it as the season wears on. So it's something to monitor month to month more than it is, you know, game to game. I want to know also what your general thoughts are on Thibodeau. And just a side note, we weren't really sure if it was Thibodeau or Thibodeau. We, we've heard both a lot. Apparently, yeah. from what we've read, he says Thibodeau, but Tibbs is his nickname. So I think either is fine. 
Do you, Just don't call him Tom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> won't do that. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think about his presence now in the front office and um, on the sidelines? See, he really likes um, an inside-out sort of offense. Uh, you saw it with Derek Rose a lot back then, and so he, his relationship with Ricky Rubio is always going to be very is going to be tenuous because. Uh, and we'll see if Thibodeau adjusts to it or not, or just what happens with that. But in the front office, he's um, he's been really good at not making any bad signings. Every signing he did this summer was a good signing, and there's just no bad money. You know, Cole Aldridge was a great signing for, you know, just he's a really good backup center. And uh, just he's getting paid like nothing. Also, he's from here, and so that, that's always nice. Uh, and the other end... Uh, was the Brandon Rush? I really like the Brandon Rush signing. They just needed a shooter that can just be capable out there and just eat up minutes and be, you know, hit three pointers from the corner. You know, all this was done on just very little. Uh, the Chris Dunn pick, I can't knock a best player available pick. He's been great. Uh, um, yeah, I we mean, saw him I in ha- summer league. He looked so good. Right. That's obviously right. a different level of competition. Yes. But but still. I mean, you oh, can he's so see athletic. a player's Laterally gifts. especially. My God. Yeah. Guy, and and played with so much confidence, too, when we saw it. Right. It's almost to a point, you know, it's to a point of, you know, you get really, you can get frustrated when you have expectations of this team. Like, this team hasn't made the playoffs for 12 years, so I really want wins. And I have to, like, calm myself back down that this is a process. And if, if a championship is the eventual goal with a core, you, you know, you have to focus on the long term, on the long term of everything, and not just getting to the playoffs by all means this year. Uh, I've been actually pretty happy with his minutes, with how he's played minutes for guys. It's not been like what you saw in Chicago as much. Uh, you know, Towns. I think Towns has the most minutes at 35 a game. That's not bad. I mean, it's a little high, but it's fine. Wiggins is 34. You know, you don't see the 40 minute a game guys like you did with you know Dang. Do you think that, that that's because they have more depth this year? What is their depth like, do you think? Certain uh, positions weaker than others. Right. Um, point guard depth is a mixed bag because you have a lot of talent, but it's extremely mixed on experience. Wing depth is, well, it's once you it's bad on defense once you get there, but you have some guys that can get buckets, I guess. Um Bielitsa is a really is a really solid player, and I wish he would play more. But he's tougher to fit in as far as power forwards go. And call like the the depth is fine for a first line, but they can't really. If they get, took an injury, it would be really bad. Like so, I it's tough to say. It's not, you know, they're not like the Spurs out there that we can just roll a, you know a team of bench a bench unit out there and destroy you. They're just it's just like adequate at this point. Yeah, but, well, and it's kind of young, so they have a, ten- a tendency to just really let up and just get beat on. But so do the starters. So it's all a mixed bag. You started to mention uh, Bielitsa, who's I'm really interested in that guy. He's only in his second season in the NBA, but he's sort of an elder statesman on the Wolves team, especially. He's 28. That He's even <laughs> older than Rubio. Last year, it seemed like he did a lot of things well. He had a couple of breakout good games and where he really showed off how good he was in certain areas, but it seems like he does still have a lot of room to develop, maybe 
could get a lot better at decision making, I would say, adjusting to NBA speed. How would you assess where he is on his trajectory right now? He is the best terrible long shot mate. Like, you know, he'll, if you look at his shot chart, um, it's really funny because all of his, you know, all of his three point shots are taken from like two feet behind the three point line. And they're, it's just, he, yeah, decision making is really an issue because he, he basically played point guard in Europe. And so he's always looking to pass the ball when, you know, half the time you just want him to catch and shoot because he's good at that. And yeah, uh, he rebounds well defensively. He's not a liability. Um, he's not the best, but he's fine. Yeah. He's got a really well-rounded game and theoretically is like, should be like the key to the start to be like the starting four on a small ball unit on, on this team. But you just kind of wonder where he's going to go with it and if it'll ever happen. So yeah. Um, I love what, you know, I really love watching the guy and he's a really, you know, He's a, he definitely came into the season in the best shape of his life. Yeah, I think last year, one reason he didn't play for a lot is because he, bro- he like sprained his foot um, during the All Star break, like on vacation, and yeah, it just it just went downhill from there. So he played really really well for a little while. Um, sorta, I think the team sorta made some adjustments to him. Then he struggled a bit, and then he got hurt, and then he ended the season playing pretty well. So. You see kind of uh, one thing that you do see is, uh, especially when Chris Dunn's in there and they're running an offense, you sort of see a bit of a point guard by committee thing because you'll see B elites a largely uh, be to some extent, you know, a really big distributor within that within that offense just because Chris, the learning curve for Chris Dunn is so tough. And, you know, it is what it is. Um, you see it less with Tyus in there. But, yeah, I really. I like him as a player and you just kind of hope he puts it all together rapidly because he's 28. He's, he's, you know, two years into his prime or so. So he's got to do it soon or else yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. There's definitely a lot to like there. The Gorgie Jang, you were talking about him earlier. He doesn't get any accolades nor much respect, but he's solid. Nothing special on defense, but he's an outstanding free throw shooter, especially for a big man. And he rebounds really well. What do you think his ceiling is? Does he have much room for growth, or do you think he's going to be about at this level for good? I think I think he can be a better defender, uh, just because he hasn't played for, you know, with teammates that are capable of, you know, uh, you know, within a good defensive unit yet. So, I think he's going to get better at that end. Uh, as far as he's a really good mid-range shooter, and. Some like weird quirky stuff, you know, when the Wolves were tanking when his sophomore year. Um, I remember he used the glass for, you know, a mid range shot, and he was 70% on bank shots in the whole year. And, you know, it was a really good, decent sample size, and I have no idea why they went away from it. Probably he's capable of doing it without it, but he's a really nice safety valve of a player on offense. And it's really, you know, it's never. It's not the sexiest thing to be the guy hitting, you know, shooting the mid-range jumper when they give up the pop, but you know you kind of got to you know you need a guy that can do that to take what the defense gives you when the shot clock goes down. So yeah, he's solid. Um, he got paid. <laughs> um, yeah, he probably could have gotten a lot more as a free agent just because teams are stupid and the cap's going to spike again. Yeah, but you know yeah. he wanted this. He wanted the security. He's twenty-seven. Because he Sounds went into, right. yeah, you know, this is going to be, 
you know, the big contract. And he, you know, he couldn't risk getting hurt this year or anything. So, yeah, he signed with the team. He wants to be with this core, and that's great. I mean, either being the second or third big on this team, that's really solid to have. And it's not – I was really excited when they did it because I thought they were going to have to pay a lot more to keep him. But the more I think about it, I think it's just slightly under market value, probably what how good he is. So it's fine. I'm gl- yeah, yeah, I'll t- yeah. I think Jang's definitely a steal. They're they're getting um, a good value out of him. But right. um, let me get your your quick thoughts on Cole Aldrich. He definitely showed something for the Clippers last season, and he's a notable free agent addition for the Timberwolves. But he's only playing about 13 minutes per game so far. What do you think the likelihood is of him garnering more minutes and making a bigger impact moving forward? It's got to be bigger. I mean, he's really good. I mean, he just is a really solid backup center. Part of it is, you know, he's just tougher. He's just kind of tough to slide in between uh, uh, Jang and Towns. Like, playing him next to Jang is just a problem. Like, just because they're definitely two guys that play the center position and have trouble guarding fours. But... They got to find a way for him to play more minutes, especially just, you know, he's such a good, like, he's just, he's a really good passer, especially out of the paint to make that extra pass at, to the corner. I've noticed he's really good at that. Uh, just really solid in the pick and roll. Just a really good player. And, yeah, I think they're going to experiment just with what works on it. I can't imagine that number is going to stay that low. I mean, yeah, he's getting fewer minutes than Shabazz Muhammad. Like, that's... That seems odd to me. But I know that Tibbs really does love Jang a lot just because he does lots of little things. So maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. But I'd like to see him in a bigger role. But I'll leave it to Tibbs. He's de- he definitely knows what, what he's doing better than I do. Pat, thanks so much for your time. We'll wind down with this last question now. KG returned to the Timberwolves last season and retired in this offseason. He obviously had a long career before moving to Boston with the Timberwolves, which I I assume you grew up watching him. Can you talk just a little bit about your memories about his legacy with the Wolves? Yeah, I used to, after he left here, I used to always say my favorite um, Minnesota sports team is Kevin Garnett. He was that team. And, you know, I remember watching him in 2004. If you, I'd have to look up the numbers, but it's, in a lot by a lot of statistical measures, both offensively and defensively, it's like the best season anyone's had since 2000. Like it just weren't it just astoundingly good that year. Uh, he literally uh, he was so good. He even played point guard after uh, Sam Cassell and Troy Hudson went down in the playoffs against him. They just had him play point guard. He he was incredible, and just the you know the passion with which he played. You know he was he made you really proud to actually like root for that guy. And it's, he's like, he is pretty much the reason I like, I love the NBA and he's, he meant everything to me. It sucks that um, they couldn't figure it out. I don't think they left on the best terms. I don't think uh, uh, Glenn Taylor firing Sam Mitchell sat very well with him because those two are so tight together, but yeah, it had to happen. I'm glad he has a great relationship with Towns. So I basically, you know, I was a Celtics fan largely when he was out there. And yeah, he's, it's really tough to put that in words. Like your childhood just left. Like it's how, you know, it's how Lakers fans feel about Kobe basically. You know, it's just, he was everything. It's yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, 
KG, Kobe, Tim Duncan all retiring this season. <laughs> I think we're losing Paul Pierce next season. So Ray Allen just retired too. Ray. My God, that Hall of Fame speech Elton is going to be called... Sorry, I'll stop. I'll stop. The, the, Hall, the Hall of Fame speech with Duncan and KG is going to be hilarious because those two hate each other just so much. <laughs> they hate each other. <laughs> it's mutual. It's so bad. So Hopefully they mutually respect each other too or at least say that they do in public. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm going to go with the latter. Like, like they do, but they don't like each other at all. So <laughs> there's that. All right, Patrick, thanks a lot again for joining us today. Hope you have a good season. Yeah, best luck to you all. Take care.